back to another episode of 52 and 52, a podcast where we watch at least one movie a week for every week in the year and record an episode about it. Today we're going to be talking about Good Time, a new movie that just came out by a couple of brothers called the Safety Brothers who have never made anything I've ever seen before. Yeah, I mean, they, they most people haven't seen it, but like they're like one of those groups that like they make indie movies that are like probably are never they never get beyond those couple theaters in la and new york but a lot of critics get to see that stuff so they all think highly of them but this is their first ever movie that like people are seeing big big feature film um stars robert pattinson um jennifer jason lee is in it for a couple minutes um barkad abdi is uh he's in uh captain phillips Mm -hmm. uh he's the guy that says you're the captain now um and one of the direct one of the two brothers ben safties plays the robert pattinson's brother in the movie yeah um the movie is sort of like about man i mean it's it's like i I don't know the the plot synopsis is like after a bad botched bank robbery and and so there's the bank robbery that happens early in the movie it goes bad and then sort of like one it follows robert pattinson through the night and sort of like how he's dealing with it and uh, I, I guess like what I, I'm, I'm still like trying to process. I, I saw this last night too. You also saw it yesterday. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm still sort of trying to process how I feel about it. So why don't you start? <laughs> what did you like it? What did you think overall? I really liked it. I might not have. I had pretty high expectations because a lot of people who I trust spoke very highly of it and it had good re- good reviews overall. And the trailer I only watched once looked pretty good. And I have a bit of a newfound respect for Robert Pattinson as an actor because. I, I never watched the Twilight movies. A lot of people are just down on him automatically because of that. Same with Kristen Stewart, and they're wrong about her on that. And so I'd literally never seen him in anything besides Harry Potter. And I didn't have a strong opinion really on him at that. I just kind of listened to the Twilight haters. And But like I saw him in uh, Lost City Z earlier this year in a movie called – an A24 movie called The Rover, and he was really good in both of those. So I was kind of excited to see him do something different. And um, – and I would say that I really like this movie, and it just uh, the first forty five minutes or so, or like I heard, I almost didn't take a breath. Like I thought it was really forward moving, and just kept propelling you, and has this score that keeps you like really jazzed. Yes, and, yes, yes, um, yes. And that combined with just a, a few of the different set pieces and a few of the interactions they have, it just has me totally engaged. And I'd, I, mean, it might have been like an article on the Ringer that called it an instant New York City classic, and I had understood it as maybe going to be a movie about. This guy that has to go through a bunch of different sketchy parts of New York and do a bunch of things to help his brother. And it, it really after, – after that first 45 minutes, he gets to a house, and the movie really slows down a lot. And there are some good things that happen when he's in this house, and then he goes to one other location after – really two other locations after that, and that's about it. I thought I – and there's a lot of stuff to like in both – and all that stuff in the second half of the movie, but I think I was expecting it to like almost keep up that pace that it had in the first half because in the first half, it's fast-paced, and a lot of times we talk about movies with messed up pacing, and it just feels like they're jumping around too much. The scenes are too short. It feels awkward, awkwardly edited, and it didn't have that, I, and um, I just thought it was going to be like that throughout the whole time and just like not let me take a breath, and it wasn't quite like that, and I'm sensing you might have some agreement with some of what I said. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think if the pacing was reversed, we might even like it more because it's sort of like a build-up thing instead of like a, a coming-down thing, uh, which you don't necessarily need. But I think for something like this, I think if you build up to that pace and then you keep that pace for 45 minutes or so, it's pretty exciting to end on that note at the end of the movie because 
you sort of have this the last like hour or so is just these three big set pieces that are like 20 minutes long and there's just not as much excitement as you had earlier on and you're kind of craving that mm-hmm. i like the movie i i don't necessarily like how it ends because i think we deserve more of a payoff for or more of like a explanation or something because the movie opens up with his brother talking to this doctor therapist whatever he is and i like that scene individually but i think it's kind of a strange place to open the movie given that we don't have any context throughout the rest of the movie about his brother and his grandmother hey yeah, and, and let's do a spoiler section on this one i think we didn't spoil anything yet by yeah just the but i think we can get into that a little more and just for people that haven't seen it yet like this, yeah, it, 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 this movie's two two fairly distinct halves in a certain way, and the second one is just very very different from what you're, it sets you up to believe. But I'd say what it does effectively that first scene you're talking about, and then when Robert Pattinson comes and pulls his brother out, I mean that tells you a lot. Um, I mean, For sure. And, and it, it, it it I mean obviously explains that one brother is developmentally disabled, and the other one is very protective on him and cares about him, but it's enough to show you that he also at the same time, while having that love for his brother, maybe doesn't always actually have his best interests at heart, even if he thinks he does. And, yeah. that, and that's a big, that's a big jumping off point for what the rest of the movie is. Yeah. And, and the thing is like, I understand that Robert Pattinson's character is like trying to be selfish and take advantage of everybody. But at the same time, he still cares about his brother and to the point where he feels like his brother is like being mistreated. We don't really see that at all from his perspective, like his brother interacting with his grandmother or whoever that he would interpret as mistreating him or putting him in bad situations. So I was kind of like, I didn't really like that. I mean, I kind of just assumed he was wrong about it, you know? Um, Sure. Sure. He could be, but, but, but you need, don't you kind of want to see him be wrong about it rather than, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, mean, I don't I, know. I mean, I, that, that doctor pretty clearly does have the have uh, Nick's best interest at heart. So sure. I just, I, I just kind of assume this guy's giving him the professional help that he probably should get. And but they were saying Robert it was Pattinson. like court ordered or something like that, and we we didn't really know why because his brother was like, oh, they assigned me to be here or something. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, so like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I just wanted a little bit more for that storyline because the end of the movie is sort of him, sacrif- I guess, sacrificing himself for his brother, even though like that's probably what was going to happen anyway once he got caught. Because mm-hmm. they sort of like make it up when they're when they're talking to whoever it is. Uh, it's the doctor says, "Oh, your brother made the right decision." Like, uh. He, Something like I don't remember the exact words that they said, but they basically were like, "Oh, he took full responsibility and told them that the brother had nothing to do with it," mm-hmm. um, which is fine. I just I, I liked I, I liked the movie a lot. I just I wish I liked the ending more. Yeah. Well, maybe we're not going to do the spoiler section now, but uh, um. oh, <laughs> I, I mean, I assume that whole thing was spoiler. I don't know. I, oh, oh, don't worry whatever. about it. No, whatever. We can we can talk about it. I mean, I think. I don't know. That that just wasn't as what bothered me quite as much. I mean, I, I there's not a lot I would have changed about that first 45 minutes. I don't I don't think it's made worse by what you did, but I, by what you're suggesting, uh, if we add that stuff in. No, no, and, I don't think it'd be, it'd be worse. I just think we don't really get it for later in the movie. That uh, uh, coming back to the beginning is like it doesn't hold as much weight to me as I wanted it to. I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think it almost holds holds more weight for me if um 
I mean, I would have disliked to have seen Robert Pattinson get to play some of the play some of the scenes that would have presumably happened in that story after sure. what is the end of the movie. I think because he's it's such a. I mean, I think he's a capable enough actor, and I like the performance enough that I would have liked to have seen that character have to go through those emotions and come to the acceptance that, like, hey, I can all. I mean, I've been trying to scheme my way out of this for a whole, like, a whole twenty-four hours now, and it's not going to happen. And here's where I am, and that's something that I would have liked to have seen, as opposed to just assuming happened off screen. Which, I mean, we're told it happened off screen, but like, I think, yeah. I think it might. It, it, like, instead of just having it, someone say that, like or someone say that or I don't even remember how that information is conveyed I guess um what, it was like some lady in the room with the doctor oh, and the right, brother right, right. right yeah I think I think it means more for having to just like even just get a, a regular old police interrogation scene or something I don't know yeah I mean I think that means more seeing him display that emotion and un- understand he's gonna have to actually do what's best for his brother and not just do, break a bunch of laws and screw over a bunch of people like he has the whole movie but actually just like yeah. take it on his take it on himself yeah and I'm very I, I just I guess it's – I'm just interested in why they chose to end it that way. Like do they not want you to feel empathy for Pattinson's character? Because I don't think that I would feel empathy for him because we're not really rooting for him. We're just sort of like thrilled watching him in a way. Yeah, we're thrilled watching him and I think the movie makes it pretty clear he's not a good guy. It's just – it's an interesting study in how – to what extent are you willing to cheer for a guy who's not a good guy because of his intentions? You know? Sure. And how, what can you make him do – to and how many messed up things can you do before you're just not rooting for him anymore and um and like i think that's a pretty interesting conceit because he does some pretty effed up stuff you know so like i i don't know i i appreciate like i i enjoyed that struggle that the movie kind of has to put you through because it's you you've you've seen how much how innocent his brother truly is so you're kind of having to reconcile every single action that he takes throughout and whether or not i mean because he's not really a violent guy up until the encounter with uh bark uh barkad you know yeah yeah the thing that's interesting is well there's two things i like the movie but i think that you have to have some kind of suspension of disbelief because really everything in the movie is like too convenient and if you get caught up on that you're you probably won't like the movie because there's a lot of things that that's that end up being like really convenient for Pattinson's character to sort of like move on to the next stage of like the night um and one thing I didn't necessarily like two things um it seemed like he was looking at the names on all the doors at the hospital and then he just walked into the wrong door and like took the wrong person i don't i don't know it's kind of strange that he wouldn't know it was his brother i I guess i missed the look he was looking at the names i thought he just well i thought he was i thought he was i thought he was just assuming that's the one where there's a policeman guarding him and that guy has his face covered and that's why i sure sure totally understand that but at the same time like how would he know his face was covered like he didn't no one ever told him his brother got beat up just that he was in the hospital true um there was a scene where they where they uh, close up on like a Manila folder, so I assumed he was like looking at the names, oh, okay. but I I missed I I could, it was so fast I couldn't like read if there was anything written on it, yeah. but there was definitely like a cut to a Manila folder, hmm. and then I didn't the one thing I really didn't like uh, kind of took me out of the movie a little bit was when they're waiting outside the White Castle and the the rando dude was like explaining his whole last night it sort of came funny. out of it, I, I don't not like it like individually it was just so strange to like jump to this he just started talking like nobody asked he just like started talking and like went through this whole thing 
And like, I was just like, I feel like I would have just told him to shut up. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I, I, I got, I got a bit of a kick out of that one. Um, but that's the thing. It's like, it's convenient because now Pattinson can use this guy and they find this acid they can sell or they could, he finds this other dude who won't turn him in. Da, da, da. Um, so it was just, it was just a little, a little convenient all for me, but I, I liked it. I like Pattinson's performance a lot. I just, I wanted more from the ending because Pattinson like confessing and everything seems like it would make for much better cinema than, than what we got. It's strange. Yeah. I don't know. It, it did. It just, it did feel like it weirdly, weirdly like slow and a little, a little truncated there. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed the performance of the guy as his brother. Like that could still be the last scene to seeing where he ends up, but there definitely could have been more leading up to that for sure. Um, did, 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 what did you think of like the last, last scene? Like, cause I thought that they might like have the therapist lady, like ask some kind of like triggering question for him. Just, but they didn't really do that. Like they were just like, have you ever fought with family or it was something like that. And then he just like walked forward. I mean, and, I like, think, I don't know. It didn't bother me because I think he's, it's hard. For, I mean, it's harder for him to be triggered because of his. He's n- not as aware yeah, yeah, of everything yeah, yeah, that's yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I took it as like, well, this guy ended up back where he kind of belongs, and maybe this is him. This is this will this this will set him on the right path as much as he can have a path. Um, yeah, that that was kind of where I thought. It's just like, like we said, I'm in agreement that the, the stuff towards the end at the apartment and everything else, like that's that's more where I I, I would have liked to have seen it because that that kind of shows you like. If you have that stuff with Pattinson, then you see like, oh, well, he made that sacrifice and here's him going through this class and this is what he should have been doing all along. And now he doesn't have to worry about his brother just pulling him out of it, you know? know. Yeah. No, I'm not saying I had a problem with it. I just – it didn't really hit as hard for me because I sort of expected like maybe some kind of like message to come through with the questions and his response to it, whether that be just like walking or uh, emotional response or something. But it was just – and it just seemed sort of like another scene, which was fine. Um, I I don't know. I I like the movie. I I just it's something that I think could have been e- like even better, like another tier better, if the ending if there was like just something else there. I don't know what that something else is. I just think that there could have been room for more because it's it's pretty bare. Like it's just Robert Pattinson really. That's like the main character, and this other guy's there for a little bit, but I agree. He, what, what did you think of like him falling off the, off the ledge? Um, wait, at the, uh, oh, when the acid breaks, you mean? Or? Uh, no, when when uh, the the dude he pulled out of the hospital like dies because he falls off the fucking balcony or whatever. Oh, oh, I mean, uh, I. I it's just another like this guy just is destructive. Did he and... did he do it on purpose though? No, he fell. Did, I can't I would remember. Imagine. But no, wait, but with, with how it was shot, I don't know. It didn't like they didn't show him from the front like struggling and accidentally falling, did they? No, but I think okay. I, I don't know. I was like when I I didn't think they were actually going to go through with it, but I was like, oh, this dude has been complaining about his shoulder. Like, there's no way he can like climb to like a different apartment or balcony or whatever. And then he just falls, and I assume he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, of course he's dead. Um, uh, I, I sort of just took it as anything Robert Pattinson touches sort of 
turns to shit because like the girl gets arrested, this dude dies, um, the Barkad gets fucked up from the acid and everything else. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that that's like I've said, that's the part of the movie where it's like you're having to see him just and like every single decision he makes is even like stupider than the previous one and <laughs> to some extent. So it's like. Um, stupider in the sense that it would get him into more trouble but he's sort of like really trying hard to like right he, like, he sort of is like fuck it i have to go for everything but it's like to what, get away with what's it. the upside in like breaking his brother out of the hospital it's like <laughs> uh like like that was like i was like all right you know, he's just kind of being totally well, he, irrational but was, i think yeah. he just doesn't think his brother could survive in there right? so maybe maybe if he gets him out he can just like find the money and then get him get, get it paid and somehow not himself get arrested and then his brother won't have to go back to Rikers because that's obviously yeah, a bad thing much. for his brother to be in Rikers. Yeah. Um, so he just goes so manic because he, he thinks his brother is like in a bad situation. Yeah. So how about the stuff that you like you liked? Because I think we've ex- ex- kind of pretty well dwelled on it. So, I mean, was it basically like you kind of were just in agreement with what I, what I said about the first half? Like what worked for you that has you still saying like it's good, it just could have been better? I, I mean, it's it's such a thrill to watch. Like, mm-hmm. you really don't know what's going to happen next. So you don't know if something's going to jump out. Like when they're at Adventureland, like you don't know what's if the old lady is going to like believe him or call the cops. Like it was shot in a way that was like you're unsure if these people actually trust him or believe what he's saying. Um, and it, you could see him like being manipulative and pulling the strings, but also it's very subtle in the things he's doing and saying. When he's like – he tells her all these things like going on with his brother. He tells Jennifer Jason Lee, and then he's like, but I, hey, I need I need money from you. And it's – he's trying to make her feel bad, and then she's like, oh, like you need money that we were going to use for this. And he's like – turns it against her like, oh, I – you're really going to talk to me about this even though my brother's all fucked up. Like you need to be here for me kind of thing. And he turns it on her, and you can see him doing that with his brother. You can see him doing that with the the little girl. You can see him doing that with the prisoner guy, and the and the old lady. So, did you think this movie had a problem with race? That's why I've seen Bandit about a little bit. Um, no. Because one, I mean, okay, okay. So I I come down on the same thing, but that's one thing that's being talked about some in that like. Um, first they they wear they wear they wear the mask, the black black guy mask, Uh-oh. and they're robbing the bank. Then you have the thing where he's kind of taking advantage of the African-American family whose house he goes into, and then he beats the shit out of Barkhad when he didn't really have to do that. And my thing is that 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 last of those things might be the most problematic for me because, one, I think it's just like if you're robbing me a bank, it kind of makes sense just to like put massive black guys on because then people are going to look for black guys and not white guys even though – but they were kind of too dumb to actually make that part of the plan totally work. And then as far as the um, – and, and then also – there's the scene where he's watching cops with the chick on the couch, and I think it shows that like um, I, this point was made, or not this specific point, but like I was listening to pod, another podcast about it where they're like, um, it's clear that he has like an understanding maybe of how these systems work and stuff. And um, I, the the part that, that jumped, jumped out to me was when they're watching cops and he's like, turn it off. I don't want to watch the cops justify that. Like he kind of mm-hmm. knows that's like how cops like treat black people and stuff. So it's like, but wasn't it like a white lady that they tackled or something? Oh, you know, no, was, I, no, was I think, that before? I think, I think, was that a different scene? Oh no, I think you're right. I think it was. You know, you no, that's, you're actually right. That's that's what he said for sure. Yeah, he no, you know, he. I guess what my point is like he has a better idea of like just how. Sure. So I think if he if he's aware that police are going to do that, I'm sure he's aware that police are even worse to black people. So yeah. like if he they they he kind of knows that like he's going to put these masks on and that like they're probably going to try and they they might go about trying to find these dudes in a somewhat racist way and they're not going to be focused on white dudes and. 
same with like he just happened to be he would have done that whether or not it was a black or a white family when he got dropped off he was just like that's kind of the one person i know that will take me in their house um and i think that so i didn't really have a problem with that it's just like some people thought that those are three different points of the movie that were kind of problematic and i thought he he has some awareness of how the system works and even if him taking advantage of it is a bad thing you don't necessarily need the movie to tell you that he's he really is just smart enough to try and play this to his own advantage whether or not that's a bad thing you can judge for yourself i just didn't know if that was something that jumped out to you because a few critics have taken that stance um i mean i feel like being the critical as we are we always talk about race or gender or whatever Mm -hmm. people fuck up yeah i honestly didn't even think about it once until you just brought it up um i didn't think that they intended like i think it would have been i don't i don't even know if i would have thought it would be disrespectful if they were like let's dress up as a black guy or an asian dude to rob this bank i think that's sort of strategic in a way i mean it's fucked up but i don't i don't think it's necessarily wrong in the sense of like filmmaking um i i really didn't even think about it with the girl maybe maybe now that you're saying it because like she dated someone that sells drugs and she's smoking weed or something i, I don't know maybe that yeah, like is said, part I of mean, it like yeah. i said n- n- a lot of that stuff didn't really jump out to me i think it was just like some people wanted them to acknowledge that he was Sure. Um, taking advantage of uh, black people of a lower socioeconomic class, even though Barkdod's kind of a lo- Barkdod had a pretty dope <laughs> apartment for a security guard. Yeah. I don't really know yeah. exactly how that happened. So maybe he's not yeah. in the lower socioeconomic class per se. But um, that was just something I heard bandied about a little bit, and I I kind of explained why I thought it was more not quite problematic. Like maybe a few people were making out to be. I was just curious if that was anything that jumped out to you um i mean i think he's in a pretty low socioeconomic class too no yeah but that but like the white yeah. white dudes still have like some level sure. of privilege even if that is the case sure sure um, sure. i'm just saying like he it's not like he was I mean, like if he was a rich white dude he wouldn't have had the problems that he was having yeah obviously for sure um but yeah no i mean i liked it enough i think there are other better movies in the theater probably are coming out mm-hmm. but i mean i didn't hate it Right. No, yeah, no, and I, I mean, it was definitely, like you said, it was such a thrilling, it, pun intended, it was a good time um, for a lot of it. You know, <laughs> The title like, is pretty dumb. Yeah, whatever, but, uh, um, like, I, I don't know, like, I, it, it, there was enough to be entertained by, and it, movie, like, had the, like, I had this, I mean, just had a, had, had this really weird electro score that just made, made you more engaged, and had some, it was shot pretty interestingly, um and I'm, I'm i'm excited to see what these guys do next still and i might go back and watch a couple of their older movies to see how those strike me even if i'm pretty sure they'll be of much lower production value and not have anyone i've ever seen in a movie before <laughs> um yeah um do you do i i do you want to so you might actually find this interesting that the movie that they're doing next is called uncut gems and right. it's, it stars jonah hill and he plays like a I, – I, I think it takes place in New York. I, I just heard them describe it on a podcast earlier. But he plays like a jeweler in New York and like a crazy jeweler, like maybe the equivalent of like his Wolf of Wall Street guy, that kind of personality maybe. And he has like some kind of gem that like I don't know if he loans out or somehow um, like ends up giving it to like an NBA basketball player who then thinks it becomes his good luck charm and then won't give it back to him. And then he has to like go on like a – some kind of – journey Journey. to get the gem back i guess from the basketball with something like that but like with a lot of other crazier darker possibly crime elements i don't know that sounds interesting so yeah so i mean i I think 
I it's cool like it's still not like it's like I mean it, they had more resources for this film than like other films they've done but like it's still pretty impressive that they could put together something that's like has some pretty cool pretty really cool set pieces and looks cool and sounds cool and with a relatively not big budget it shows I think they're pretty talented and interesting and I'm interested to see what they do next I agree um if you guys want to talk with us about good time where can they find you on Twitter Josh it's at Josh Jernavoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-Y. Uh, my Twitter is at Aklambake, A-K-L-A-M-B-A-K-E. Our podcast Twitter is 52in52pod. Podcast email, 52in52pod at gmail.com. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.